1: I had been married for 17 years and had two little boys. Uh, we moved from Victoria to Queensland for a fresh employment opportunity and a few years down the track my husband left our family and I found myself broken hearted and I was disillusioned because these are the sorts of things that happen to other people.
0: G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax and welcome to The Story. Well, Deborah Candler woke up one day to find out that her husband had left her for another woman and that he'd emptied the bank accounts. It was a pretty harrowing experience, but she's been able to move forward and has written about what she's learned in a book called A Fascination with Forward. Today, Deborah will share her story, but first she'll share some valuable wisdom regarding moving on from hurt, disappointment and grief in our lives. Deborah Candler is chatting with Shelley Scohan.
2: It is so important to be looking forward in our lives, especially when we've suffered some pretty significant loss and hurt and grief. Deborah, you've written this book from a very real place in your own heart. You've had some pretty bad hurt in your life, haven't you?
1: Yes, I have, but so is everyone. And the thing about life is that it can get in the way sometimes and things can come at us out of left field. And we often find ourselves stuck in these places of, oh my goodness, where to now or what next? And unfortunately, many of us, including myself, get to a place where we think, this is my lot in life. This is it now. I'm resigned to this or this is now plan B. And I call that place in my book Stuckville. And (laughs) I'm sure many people can relate to Duckville, where you just end up in a place and you think, man, I, I'm struggling to, to know how I got here, let alone how do I now navigate my way out of this place. Yeah. So the book came from a place where I felt stuck. I felt like I landed in a place. I got somewhere as a result of circumstances and decisions that other people made. And now I have to navigate my way through this the best way I know possible Mm. so it came from that personal place of crisis yes
2: which really is a process as well it's not like you can just wake up one day and say right I'm going to move forward you know the day after you get a fairly significant hurt in your life you do need to allow that time to breathe and to grieve and to process what's happened until you do find a way to move forward
1: yeah look absolutely Uh, You know, I I liken it to a great cheese. We (laughs) we visited this amazing hundreds and hundreds of years old uh, cheese factory in in Italy a few years ago. And, you know, the cheeses that take time to mature are the best cheeses. And it's the same with some of these processes in life. They don't happen overnight, but every step we take to move one step forward um, builds on the other. And exponentially, we build new values into our life and new mindsets that help us to move forward in positive ways. But, you know, having said that, you you can't actually move forward without going back as well. Mm -hmm. I think if you just focus on moving forward, sometimes you will bring those same mistakes, those same hurts, those same failures, those same places that got you stuck in the first place into a new season. And we don't want that because we want to receive and outwork in our lives. New outcomes, not the same old, same old. And I love a quote, I've actually got it hanging in my kitchen, um, by Albert Einstein, and he said, the significant problems that we face cannot be solved by the same level of thinking that created them. In other words, you can't take into the future the same type of thinking that you had before the crisis. It actually will get you the same outcome, not a different outcome. So the book is about learning to think differently about yourself and about life and learning to see things from different perspectives so that we can travel back to see where how we got there and then move
2: forward to get better outcomes in our life. Mm, definitely makes sense. Mm. I guess that there, there is a fine line there too in forgiving yourself uh, for yeah. mistakes that you have made. Um, yeah. To obviously look back and go, yes, I did make these mistakes, but now it's time to just move forward. Sure. And look, it, it, uh, it's
1: absolutely a process. And, and the book actually, I write eight chapters before we even get to what does forgiveness look like. So there's eight chapters prior to that about looking to see uh, how we navigate life and how we got to get to these places and how we, how we actually work through the process of thinking, how our minds work and how we can change the way – We we think in a positive way so that we can get these new outcomes. So there's a there's a build up to before we even get to the issue of forgiveness because I'm so aware that forgiveness won't answer all the questions starting with why or all the questions of even fairness, but it does give individuals um, an opportunity to have a fresh beginning. So um, forgiveness is is. It really is a complex and very individual process, but there are some common principles that apply to every situation and every person that we can personalise to help us move forward because it's often um, the first person that needs um, forgiving is ourselves and I cover that. I cover you know who, who do we forgive actually and first of all we forgive ourselves and I look at why we need to do that and 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 what that might look like. It's a very personal and often a very emotional chapter. Then I look at forgiving God, and most people go, you know, those people who who, who claim to know God will say, well, that doesn't make any sense. You know, God hasn't done anything, so why does he need to be forgiven? But unconsciously, sometimes we think, well, you know, why didn't God step in? If God's God, why did he allow this to happen? And if we're honest, we've probably all asked these questions. So this chapter journeys through how we get our minds around what we've uh, perceived God to be or who he has been in our situation and how we can forgive God. Then forgiving family. Um, and then the last one is forgiving others, looking at forgiving others. So, um, yeah, and unfortunately families don't give the immunity to hurt and betrayal and it's often in this very um, place where we should find solace and protection and unity and love and support that the darkest secrets often reside and the most debilitating patterns emerge. And so sometimes it's our families that need to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. And uh, this uh, this process of forgiveness is a very releasing and very necessary journey to getting better outcomes In our life. I listened to Dr Carolyn Leaf and some of the listeners might be um, uh, familiar with her. She's written a number of books and a very pertinent book is called Switch On Your Brain. She's a a um, neuroscientist and has studied the brain for about 30 years and she says that it's a scientific researched fact that we can cause toxicity in our brain through negative thinking and the stemming of that neg- negative thinking is linked to unforgiveness and the toxicity in our brains occur when we cannot let go of those particular um, negative ways of thinking and our brains then adjust to that and our default then is always back to false, always back to negative, always back to failures, always back to hurt and so we can't move forward unless we address those areas. So. I find that quite fascinating that that's actually a research and documented, um, uh, process, scientific process. And the other thing she says is that many of our, um, uh, friends who are, who are suffering deep depression or in, in, uh, mental health institutions have a, um, a, a foundation or a background where this has taken hold in their thinking and it's never really been addressed and they've never really been released from that so you know, on the outset it just seems like a nice thing to do until you actually have to do it yourself and then it becomes a difficult thing but it's actually now a scientific thing it's not just a good thing or a Christian thing to do it's actually a scientifically proven um, researched fact that forgiveness is a big part of our changing our thinking to move forward into more positive days. Hmm.
2: Yeah, who would have thought that the Bible would be right all along and it's only now that the science is catching up and uh, confirming it, hey?
1: Exactly. Yeah. and you know, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Paul yeah. says. You know, take every thought into captivity. Well, you know, how, what, how did Paul know that? You know, but it makes so much sense and it's a part of uh, so many programs that are helping people to think in more positive directions, uh, in aligned line with, with, with uh, the Word of God to, to enable them to get these better outcomes.
0: You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowan is having a chat with author and speaker, Deborah Candler, who's been sharing some valuable wisdom regarding moving on from hurt, disappointment and grief in our lives. Next, Deborah will switch from general principles to sharing her personal story of grief and loss. That and more when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Today Shelley Scowan is chatting with Deborah Candler who woke up one day to find that her husband had left and had emptied the bank account. She's written about what she's learned from all this in her book called A Fascination with Forward. It's a book in which she shares some valuable wisdom regarding moving on from hurt, disappointment and grief in our lives.
2: Deb, this comes from a very personal place with you. Tell us about some of the hurt that you have experienced in your life.
1: Okay, Shelley, the book was birthed a number of years after um, I found myself in in crisis. I um, had been uh, married for 17 years and had two little boys. Uh, We moved from Victoria to Queensland for a a fresh uh, employment opportunity and a few years down the track, uh, my husband um, left our family and we I found myself uh, in this spiral of grief, absolute grief. I was broken hearted and I was disillusioned um, because these are the sorts of things that happen to other people. They don't happen to you because I grew up in a Christian family and I have a mum and dad who adored one another and did everything together, and they took us to church, and they they taught us the things of God, and um, we had we played sports, and we had a fabulous uh, childhood and upbringing, and uh, a great example through my family and parents. And so, this stuff happens to other people, surely, surely not to us. And when it did, it uh, it, it it caused a big earthquake in my life and I found myself um, in deep grief but also um, doing mental gymnastics about where do I go from here and and, and how do I survive um, financially, emotionally, physically? Um, how do I do this? How do I raise two children and start again? Um, I cleared uh, debt but that was about it so I had to really start from scratch. And it, 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 was, it was difficult trying to regain my identity now as a single mother. I was d- desperately sad to think that I was now going to be a statistic. That's how I saw, saw myself. I'm now a statistic. And um, I had many labels that I pinned on myself. That I'm sure I had more labels I pinned on me than other people pinned on me. But um, I became very self-conscious that perhaps I would never be able to feel, fulfill my dreams, I'd never be able to now fulfill uh, the, the desires in my heart, and, and also the gifts and talents I believe that God had placed within me that beckoned and called daily for me to give attention to them, and uh, and I just thought, well, this is done now, I'm, I'm now relegated to Plan B, and uh, that's how I saw myself. But um, I learned some things along the way, because it's funny, isn't it, when you when you are in a situation, you, you suddenly are, are very aware of other people in the same situation. And so I found myself surrounded by a number of single mothers with children that perhaps if I was still married, I perhaps may not have even been aware of them or, or befriended them. I don't know. You know, if you, if you drive a blue car, you see blue cars. I don't know whether it's that or not. But what I did notice, Shelley, was that many of them were not doing life well at all and many of them were stuck in the past and they were stuck in this terrible plan B mindset that I felt I had relegated myself to. And I began to notice that many of them were living with this really bitter spirit, you know, this resentful, if only this didn't happen, if only, you know, I could have, if only he didn't and... And they were terribly stuck and I I really did not want to end up that way. I didn't want to, and I wasn't sure if I already had. I wasn't sure if I was already in that place. And and, and I call it in my book, spiritual BO, because um, you know sometimes with body, odor, you're the last person to know you've got it. And yes. So everyone else sort of knows and you don't. Yep. And it's embarrassing. So I thought, well, maybe I, maybe I do sound like that. And I recognize, Shelley, that, everyone gets a hurt heart from time to time and and a hurt heart is normal. A hurt heart is the sum of, I guess the sum total of lingering memories of wounds incurred from people and circumstances throughout life. We can't avoid a hurt heart. We're all going to get one at some point. That's unavoidable. Mm. But a, a bit of spirit is really different. A bit of spirit is the result of revisiting and replaying the memories over and over and each time... Changing the scenario to either incur hurt or revenge on another or to punish ourselves and we can avoid that We can avoid a bit of spirits. They're, they're two very different things and so I Recognized that early on and I thought you know what I can nurture a hurt heart I, I, I can do that and, and I need to learn how to do that better But I can't afford to fuel and feed a bit of spirit. I can't afford that because I'm raising two children and I've got some vision about what I've always wanted to do in my life, and I'm going to jeopardise it myself if I don't address this
2: now. And so, well, because honestly, being bitter doesn't really achieve anything, does it? All it does is just hurt your own heart even more.
1: It really does, and it it, it keeps you in that stuck place that yeah. I talked about earlier. And and we really can't move on because our heart, it's almost like our hearts become really toxic, and it, it can't it can't find the pathways out of that terrible place, and so. Um, I call that Stuckville in the book, and I really did not want to be in Stuckville. I, I really wanted to find my way out and claw my way out if I had to and find that exit route back to life again. And these things, as we said before, do not happen
2: overnight. Yeah, You've been telling us about your book, A Fascination with Forward, and the importance of moving on after hurt. And when significant things have happened to you, uh, you were telling us the story about how you woke up one day and found that your husband of 17 years had left you for another woman and had emptied the bank account. It was a pretty harrowing experience for you, but you've been able to move forward from that. But uh, you and your new husband have developed a new seminar um, that I guess focuses on some of these new issues that you have had to overcome yourself?
1: Sure. Um, I met Philip seven years um, after my crisis and we built our lives quite well in a, in a wonderful church family here. Um, and uh, the boys were doing great at school and, and with friends and uh, the pastor, actually, of the church I was working in uh, introduced Philip and I, and then he married us 10 months later, so go figure, and we're still brilliant friends today. You know, we, um, Philip and I, um, have, um, ha- have a really blessed life, I guess, and it's not something that just fell into place very naturally and normally, um, but we, we did some initial work at, at the very beginning to ensure that this would be a... A good fit, but Philip also um, found himself uh, single one day after I think about 22 years of marriage, and uh, and he uh, has a, a son and a daughter, both are, who are married and, and have little 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 ones, uh, and so we found ourselves uh, in discussion about how this was going to work, how this was going to blend well. Because we also saw, as I saw, uh, many single mums just not doing really well in their life. I also, we both have seen many families not doing the blended thing very well. So we put some things into place right from the beginning to help our children integrate with one another. They were getting older, so we only had my two boys living with us when we got married. And uh, we we, we were very careful not to force friendships can't be forced or they aren't true true friendships, so Mm. we we created opportunities for them to get to know one another in their own time and in their own space. We talked a lot about uh, the discipline areas of uh, family life, we talked about boundary areas of family life, we talked about um, when the children get older and how that looks with them um, having uh, fiancés and spouses and how that works as a big blend, so we discussed a lot of this and Some of it was trial and error, some of it was a lot of hard work, and some of it just did flow naturally because we spent a lot of time in discussion about how this could possibly work for our personalities and our unique situation. We're very, very blessed that our four children and their partners all love one another. They correspond by Facebook. Um, They're in each other's worlds. We do big family things a couple of times a year when everyone's present um, there, there's a wonderful sense of cousins and and brothers and sisters, and a wonderful sense of mentoring between um, the the step mum and the step dad, uh, which mm-hmm. they don't call us that. In fact, we don't have the step word in our in our family. Um, but there is just this wonderful sense of communication where we we WhatsApp each other, and we Facebook one another, and email one another, and text one another, and We're very, very blessed that this has worked, but we're very conscious that it doesn't always work this well in families. And so we set about writing a a seminar called Becoming Us. And we're not saying that we have all the answers. We certainly don't. But we have some that have worked for us, and we feel that some of these principles are universal principles that will apply to most families.
2: Deborah, a fascinating chat with you today on a variety of topics. Uh, you do say that you're a passionate public speaker, and we can hear why. You've got a lot to tell the world, and I think it, it's great uh, to be able to absorb some of that wisdom. Much of it gained from life experience, from yourself. You've learnt the hard way a lot of these lessons, but um, <laughs> but it's great that you're now being able to help people uh, through similar circumstances. Thanks so much for having a chat with us today.
1: Shelley, thanks so much. I, I, I appreciate your your time, and we covered a bit of ground, didn't we? Yes, we did. <laughs> we did cover a bit of ground. Yeah. No, it's been um, great. Love the chat, and thanks so much for the opportunity. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about imparting information. My dad always said to us that uh, the best teachers are the ones that teach people to teach themselves. And so, if we can impart what we've learned to others, then maybe those same mistakes won't be perpetuated by those in our own families and our own worlds if we can impart some of the, the things that we've learned uh, along the way and sometimes doing the hard yards.
2: Yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, let's hope that it's helped someone today. Thanks so Thanks, much, Deborah. Debbie.
0: That was Shelley Scowan chatting with author and speaker, Deborah Candler, who's written about moving on from Hurt Disappointment and grief in her book called A Fascination with Forward. You can learn more about this book and other projects that Deborah's involved in at her website, debracandler.com. That's Deborah Candler, C A N D L E R. In addition to being an author and public speaker, Deborah is also a marriage celebrant, a life coach and, as we heard, she's also co-written a seminar regarding blended families. So, instead of staying stuck in bitterness over what had happened to her in her past, she's using her skills and talents in a number of ways to bring glory to the Lord. And that's fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us for Deborah's story and wisdom. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story.
1: I had a choice as a single and I can honestly say that I made the decision when I moved to Brisbane after being here for a year or two that I would never even consider going into marriage until I was completely happy with who I was as a single. And I can honestly say that that is where I was at when I met Jason.
0: Rochelle Wenham had gone from growing up on a farm in New South Wales to becoming involved in Christian media. And along the way, she found her life partner. So she's also journeyed from singleness to married life. We'll hear Rochelle's story next time. The The Story, just another way vision is connecting faith to life.